Welcome to Mission Sunlight Chat from the Media Missionaries of Network 7 Media Center. We're here in our studio located in Chattanooga, Tennessee. My name is Christopher Beeson, our Director of Production, and my guest host today, uh, Jordan Wagner. Thanks so much for joining me, Jordan, and we're going to have an interesting uh, program. Where are we coming to uh, today? Uh, We're coming from the West Africa Division. West Central Africa, and the uh, stories that we're sharing, as we do every quarter, are from our Mission Sunlight Mission Story Series. These are uh, stories that promote the 13th Sabbath World Mission Offering of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Every quarter they have a special initiative promoting 13th Sabbath uh, projects, as they call them, projects from the various divisions all over the world. So this particular uh, series of stories that we're sharing with you today are from the West Central Africa Division. We pointed out to you last quarter that uh, Mission Sunlight is our original mission story project. And so with Mission Sunlight Chat, we can bring you the stories behind mission and ministry as well and highlight special features like this one today. That's right. This uh, area is one of the most diverse areas, I believe, as far as languages go. Mm -hmm. But uh, many people will recognize two of the main languages that are spoken here, which are English and French. Mm -hmm. Uh, This this area is known particularly as the uh, French West Africa Division or area because the uh, main languages in this region are French. That's right. And in addition, there are religions here, um, many religions rather, But the two most prominent, of course, are the Protestant faiths and the Islamic faith. Mm -hmm. So the distinct geographical features of this uh, area include deserts, uh, oceans, rainforests, mountains. Uh, So the landscape is very interesting uh, as you cross over it. Right. And this 13th Sabbath from the West Central Africa Division, we have two special treats um, uh, in the first video we call the overview. First, we're going to briefly tell the story of an early Adventist missionary. Her name, Hannah Moore. So we're going to take a look at the uh, quick look at the previous quarter stories that occurred in places like Cameroon, Benin, and Gabon. Uh, that's right, Jordan. Uh, let's listen and watch as Mission Sunlight takes us to the West Central Africa Division of Seventh-day Adventist. Welcome to Mission Sunlight, reporting this quarter from the West Central Africa Division and from the media missionaries of Network 7 Media Center. When the Northern Europe Division was organized in 1929, West Africa was assigned to it. Over the next 70 years, many changes and reorganizations took place on the continent. On October 8, 2002, the Annual Council of the General Conference Executive Committee acted to create the West Central Africa Division, the Southern Africa Indian Ocean Division, and the East Central Africa Division, thus establishing three independent divisions based solely in Africa. West Central Africa Division, or WAD, was reorganized in 2013. WAD covers the territory of Western Africa from the Sahara Desert in the north to the Atlantic Ocean on its south and west. WAD's headquarters is located here in Abidjan, Côte d'Ivoire. Today there are just over 5,000 churches with a membership of about 1 million Seventh-day Adventists across this region. The first seeds of the Three Angels' message were sown in West Africa by Miss Hannah Moore an American missionary of another Christian denomination. Moore was visiting in Connecticut while on furlough from Sierra Leone when she received from Stephen Haskell a copy, among other books, of J.N. Andrews' new work, History of the Sabbath. She returned to Africa as a teacher in a Protestant Episcopal orphanage in Liberia and studied the books carefully. Haskell made sure Moore received more books by mail. She studied them all. Hannah Moore soon became convicted of the Sabbath and other distinctive doctrines of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. 
She found it hard at first to switch from worshiping on Sunday to worshiping on Saturday. But by the time she wrote her first letter, published in the Review on January 2nd, 1864, she had already won another missionary to the Third Angel's message, the Australian Alexander Dixon. On discovering her new convictions, her missionary society relieved her from her duties. She was not discouraged, but rather visited the other mission stations on the west coast of Africa and left literature at each one. Then she returned to America, was baptized into the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Lancaster, Massachusetts, and continued to distribute literature. The Third Angel's message first arrived in Ghana through the printed word. In 1888, a ship dropped some literature sent by the International Tract Society in the coastal city of Apom, just down the coast here, the Gold Coast, now Ghana. Mr. Francis Dolphine read the literature and became convicted about the Sabbath doctrine. In 1892, the General Conference invited Lawrence Chadwick to survey the missionary potential of the west coast of Africa. When his vessel reached the Gold Coast, he was welcomed enthusiastically by three or four dozen Seventh-day Adventists led by Dolphine. Chadwick had also found another group of converts waiting for him in Sierra Leone, led by a Pastor Coker, and yet another group in Liberia led by a Mr. Gaston, who had heard the Advent message on a trip to South Africa and returned to tell it to his people. The 13th Sabbath projects of the West Central Africa Division have been a major dynamic in the growth of this territory through its story of more than 130 years. Mission Sunlight became connected to the West Central Africa Division when the 13th Sabbath Mission offering in 2011 brought us here to the campuses of Ghana's Valley View University and abroad to Cameroon's Adventist University, Kosende. I think Jesus' ministry was not one of preaching exclusively. Miracles and healing was a very big part of his ministry and I think this institution, this new lab, this new project will help us, the theologians in our mission. Because I would not like to go on the field and preach alone. I like to see doctors and the nurses from this institution with me on, in the field and doing the work also. Later in 2014's first quarter Mission Sunlight Report, we took you to the nation of Senegal and the construction of a new project for youth and young adults seeking the special edge provided by an Adventist education. We also visited Gori Island and its gruesome history connected to the vile Western practice of the slave trade. This was followed by a visit to Benin and a unique partnership to once again bring Adventist teaching to a Muslim school. The church is Benin since 42 years, but we don't have even school, uh, school, uh, primary school in Benin. And next year, or this year will be the first time we have the school in Benin. And then it is a great joy for all the members in Benin and also even non-Adventists because they hear about Adventist school. We went to the former minister in Benin. He said that he hear about Adventists, but he never heard about Adventists in Benin. They, know, they knew about Adventists, their the schooling, their uh, the clinic, but not in Benin. So it will be a great joy and also opportunity to help, help us to be open to non-Adventists in Benin. Next, Mission Sunlight journeyed with you during the second quarter of 2017 to the territory of Gabon, inviting you to give to the expansion of Seventh-day Adventist schools of Gabon. You also supported a new youth center in Nigeria, reaching the Adventist, Muslim, and other youth across this area. 
The construction of a new building shows how our church is serious about education. When the students attend, we teach them about Jesus. When they go home, they teach their parents about Jesus. Finally, in 2020's third quarter report, Mission Sunlight brought you back to the exciting stories of Adventist education and the school at Sion, notably the location where the work of Hannah Moore, Rudolf Elbig, Ernest Flama, and others began the church in Liberia. It is exciting to see the school pictured here as it rises from the literal ashes of its destruction during civil war some 30 years ago. I thank God for the 13th Sabbath offering to help us learn more for our future. You remember the story of that small boy whose father was a, a chief priest having a contact with a friend, a new friend, being invited to join the youth in their uh, singing and playing and things like that, became an Adventist. And through him, the mother joined the church. And eventually the chief priest of that cult eventually became an Adventist. That even the young people can be an, uh, an avenue through whom uh, the Lord will win souls for his kingdom. We often think of the 13th Sabbath offering projects as being isolated and independent, but here in Ghana, they have seen them as a resource for learning how effective methods used elsewhere can be brought into their practice. Studying Sabbath and the mission pro programs or projects are uh, a source of encouragement and uh, it's also a source of teaching, giving us ideas as to how we can do it differently. So these people are doing this way, these people are doing that way, these people are doing the other way, and so we can pick and choose and you know, develop our own style, our own plan, or just employ what they are doing, and we use that, and many souls are being one. This quarter will take you to the work in West Africa again, as we focus our attention on the work in Ghana's northern and southern regions. To the north, we will learn of women in training and in the practice of the medical missionary, and the impact they are having across this country and beyond. We'll also talk with Adventist chaplains serving the kingdom in government, medical, and educational positions. This 13th Sabbath, as you have for more than 50 years, you will have the opportunity to exponentially grow the kingdom by supporting women in the medical missionary work through your faithful gifts. How will you pray? What will you give? Consider it today and watch for your 13th Sabbath offering on December 30th, 2023. Reporting from the West Central Africa Division's Ghanaian Territory, we are the media missionaries of Network 7 Media Center, and this is Mission Sunlight. Christopher, I do enjoy looking back at all the work that's happening in all of these different areas. Yeah, and uh, stand by. We're going to turn our focus to some very interesting work happening with chaplains serving their communities in Ghana. First, we need to take a break. We want to remind you that you can visit us at missionsunlight.org. It's a place where you can learn more. It's a place where you can uh, share with us, shoot us an email, or uh, give us your comments. Uh, you can also uh, share today's Mission Sunlight Chat link with a friend. You can send the entire podcast to someone, social media, even by email. Take a moment to do that. We'll be back soon with more Mission Sunlight Chat.
Seventh-day Adventist chaplains serve in academic communities, as well as medical institutions, uh, prison, police, and the military. That's right, and probably no place in the world are they more prominent, and by prominent I mean they are leading other chaplains than in the country of Ghana. Let's take a listen. Welcome to Mission Sunlight in the West Central Africa Division from the Media Missionaries of Network 7 Media Center. Here, pastors shepherd nearly 5,100 churches with more than 925,000 members. Lay people are engaged in ministry in their local communities, sharing the hope they have found in Jesus. Another group that is active with the mission of telling the story of Jesus is chaplains. Chaplains are trained Adventist pastors whose calling has become more specialized. Throughout the division, they serve in primary school through university-level institutions, the military, police services, prison services, and healthcare facilities. In these settings, chaplains minister to people of all faiths and those of no faith. Later this quarter, you will learn about the Adventist Nursing and Midwifery Training College. Richard Gaiasi serves as the chaplain. I play a role first as a counselor to the students and some of the staff. I always advise management, especially uh, on matters that requires pastoral advice and things that borders on the church. Education and training in this school would not be complete without the component of evangelism. The students will also need someone, especially when they have spiritual challenges to confide in and to pray with. So they normally visit our offices. Some of the things they cannot discuss with the college professor or the tutor, but they need a pastor or a chaplain. Um, to, to discuss the things with. In Ghana, chaplains serve in schools, the Ghanaian Defense Forces, the police service, the Ghana Prison Services, and various healthcare facilities. Each of the union offices has a director of Adventist Chaplaincy Ministries. These directors oversee the work of chaplains within their territory. Uh, I coordinate the chaplains in the schools. I train them to go out there in the schools to take care of their welfare and their spiritual activities and also become counselors in the school to help them in any spiritual problems that they are facing, to also help them in praying to give them the strong ability to know and understand God. Chaplain Gustafsson Asamoah serves a dual role. He is also a major and chaplain in the Ghana Armed Forces. My responsibility as a chaplain is to visit all the companies to see the welfare, how they are all able to stand firm in meeting up their duty responsibilities. Because the soldier must have a sound mind before he can operate as a good soldier. So with the company commanding officers, we, we look out there to know uh, the welfare of the soldiers. And I meet one-on-one -on -one with them, and they do come to me at the office. Chaplain Enoch Bodum works with ones whose life choices took their freedom. Being a chaplain in the prisons is very, very uh, exciting and very encouraging. Christ once said, there are people outside the fold that we should look out for. There is the need for others to go outside the fold, to minister to people who are depressed, people who have no hope. Working with inmates requires specialized training. Since the inception of the Ghana Prison Service, I happen to be the first Adventist 
in the chaplaincy of the Ghana Prison Service. I have been trained as a professional prisons officer. During our training, I was sent to Sunyani to spend about eight months. We have people there who are condemned prisoners, but here in Bosta is my second place to work as a chaplain in the Ghana Prison Service. Here are juveniles, people under age, between the ages of 13 and 21. They are here and we don't call them prisoners, but we call them uh, minor offenders because some committed some offenses without knowing the outcome of it. Chaplain Samuel Marfo serves with the Ghana Police Force. I was in the seminary, wanted to become a, a minister of the gospel. Before I completed our internship, uh, they engages and uh, introduced us to chaplaincy. Chaplain Marfo spent two years at the main training school headquarters, completing his studies and internship. Today, he is the chaplain at the same training headquarters and ministers to the police recruits as they train to become police officers. He pastors a church of recruits and instructors from the school. As he began his training, Chaplain Marfo learned that many police officers and training recruits don't attend church. They don't go to church because of the nature of the work and the frustration going to duty, they backslide because they don't have personnel who will come to them and minister to them. So I see the ministry work within the institutions. Chaplaincy is a distinct opportunity to reach outside the walls of the church. By God's grace, we have been given the opportunity to work for him, although not in the mainstream, not as a typical Seventh-day Adventist pastor, but a chaplain. Adventist chaplaincy is a unique institution that I believe I find myself in. Wherever we go, when we meet other chaplains, they see us to be unique. Our presentations, our preaching, our prayer, even our counseling session with other soldiers. We have made our mind that we are going to exalt the name of God wherever we go. And we glorify the name of God in our actions, in our assignment, whether outside or internally. Chaplain Peter Duadu was the first Adventist pastor to enter the Ghana Armed Forces as a military chaplain. The importance of the military chaplaincy in the Ghana Armed Forces cannot be overemphasized because on the whole, the church is a unique church. And so we coming into the Ghana Armed Forces, we have brought a new uniqueness, the way we conduct ourselves, the way we present the gospel, the way we interact and relate to others. In 2019, Chaplain Duadu deployed to Lebanon and faced challenges that stretched him and the 800 soldiers under his pastoral care. Their deployment became extended when COVID-19 impacted the world. Some were traumatized because they were thinking about their family way back in Ghana. It was a difficult moment. Everybody was worried what was happening. The chaplain, I have to minister to them. I have to encourage them. Some of our soldiers, they had the COVID and they must be quarantined. It was a stressing moment. You need to go and encourage them. You need to tell them that you will not die. You will survive. You will go home. Don't worry. That time was a trying moment. But I thank God the Lord saw us through. 
each of these chaplains ministers in unusual settings and circumstances. As Christians, we are called to share the good news. Our mission field is in our neighborhood and our community. Who needs to hear the hope you have and what a difference it has made in your life? Reporting from the West Central Africa Division, we are the media missionaries of Network 7 Media Center, and this is Mission Sunlight. I hope we all learned a little bit about chaplains mm -hmm. and the important work that they do in the communities that we live in all around the world. You know, we travel all over the place and uh, we learn something new about our church and the stories of chaplains and how active and uh, very integral they are in training and leading in the country of Ghana was just fascinating to me. It's important work for sure. Next, we're going to focus in on two of those communities in one story. Academics and medical ministry are the focus of our next story. We'll be back. We hope you're encouraging others to listen to Mission Sunlight Chat. We'll be back with more Mission Sunlight Chat in just a moment. Our salvation is a day-to-day -day matter, isn't it? The real principle of the Sabbath is reconnecting ourselves with the Creator. We must learn to abide in Jesus now. We move ahead with our mission objectives, recognizing that we are serving together the Most High God. This is our last story for what is fourth quarter 2023, but certainly not the least. Jordan, this was great to be back at Valley View University and its sister school, Adventist Midwifery Training and Nursing College of Asame, just outside of Kumasi in Ghana. Really, really great visits there. Yeah. As we watch and listen this, uh, take note of one of the chaplains that you saw just a minute ago in the chaplain's videos. Okay. He shows up again as an academic chaplain on this campus. Let's check that out. From the media missionaries of Network 7 Media Center, reporting on the medical missionaries in training in Ghana, welcome to Mission Sunlight. Mission Sunlight became connected to the West Central Africa Division when the 13th Sabbath Mission offering in 2011 brought us here to the campuses of Ghana's Valley View University. Prior to this visit, the Valley View campus had been the recipient of the 13th Sabbath Project in years prior, allowing it to begin the founding pillars of a new campus church. In our 2011 report, we shared with local Seventh-day Adventist churches all over the world, and here you can see the results to help Valley View's more than 10,000 students and staff share the story of Jesus from the massive new church. Uh, I'm so uh, happy when the new church building is, is, is under construction, and for, for now, uh, we started worshiping in it. It's not yet complete, but I think worship there is so lovely. This structure is the largest Adventist auditorium on the continent and will seat nearly 4,000 students, pastors, and families for convocations ranging from graduations, student convos, constituency meetings, worship, and whatever other large special space is needed. When we have activities such as graduation, we have a lot of vis visitors coming, parents, family, friends, and loved ones can get a place for them to accommodate them so that they'll be able to participate through the program successfully. 
In June 2023, the Unfinished Church was dedicated to the Lord during summer graduation exercises. Next steps include finishing Sabbath school rooms, offices, bathrooms, permanent seating, and other furnishings and decor. Every quarter, the members are committing to a special prayer and fundraising day so that they can complete the work remaining one quarter at a time. Every quarter, we're going to add something to the, uh, to the construction so that we come closer to completion. We are building the walls, we're building the church, and by God's grace, we'll complete it. And we want to thank the whole church, um, the Worldwide Church, for what they have done already. Thank you to all who see this building, the completion of this building, as something that will give glory to God. Valley View University has the benefit of a new sister organization to its north, preparing undergraduate medical missionaries. This organization is transforming the lives of many young adults and preparing them for eventual learning at Valley View. In the early 2010s, the Seventh-day Adventist Hospital of Asamang Ashanti of Central Ghana sensed a need to train their own Adventist youth in preparation for a career of medical service at their hospital as well as medical facilities around the country. The Adventist Nursing and Midwifery Training School has grown from just 22 students in 2015 to now operating as its own institution at the adjacent property behind the hospital. In cooperation with Ghana Health Ministry and Christian Health Association, they have a 100% placement rate of graduates in these facilities around the nation and in their own hospital, meeting a need to expand their medical missionary work. The school presently serves 900 students, with an anticipated growth to more than 1,000, even 1,500 students in the next few years. The challenge is that the school was only built for a few hundred students. Chaplain Richard Gaesi shares with our media missionaries his very personal experience as he works daily with the students on this very busy campus and sees the very tangible role this campus plays in student and family lives. I play a role first as a counselor to the students and some of the staff. I always advise management, especially uh, on matters that requires pastoral advice and things that borders on the church. Education and training in this school would not be complete without the component of evangelism. Evangelism, which is the prime motive of the church in the establishment of the school and the hospital is well achieved. I would like to share, a lady called Prisla, she came not as an Adventist. She, she had a lot of challenges. Her parents had died and she was, she was the first of four children, and because she was the, she's the eldest, she had to take up the motherly role and then look for the upkeep of the other three. Without any income, Priscilla was desperate to feed, clothe, and house her siblings, and to pay her tuition at the school. She turned to selling her body for income. During a week of spiritual emphasis, her life changed. She confided in me on what is going on and her willingness to stop that act. And so I prayed with her. And then by God's grace, he made a way that she is able to keep herself in school. She's completed though, but she completed as an Adventist. Students rely on their chaplain to guide them in their spiritual walk. The, the need for a chaplain is important. 
when this spiritual care is needed. Quite apart from that, um, the students will also need someone, especially when they have spiritual challenges to confide in and to pray with. So they normally visit our offices. Some of the things they cannot discuss with the college professor or the tutor, but they need a pastor or a chaplain um, to, to discuss the things with. Ghana's Northern Union leadership is excited to see this spiritual growth and is now ready to see how God will work next at the Medical Missionary Training Campus. As the physical plant was built for only a few hundred students, but is now serving nearly 1,000 and growing. To have um, projects in the nursing nurse college in Asamai, so that we can finish the project over there and put in more students to learn and go out as missionaries for Christ and expand the work of God in this territory. I remember when we came here the first time to pray so that we could start our first block, first the classroom block and the administration block. It was a fervent prayer and thankfully it yielded results. So it's been prayer so far and God has been so wonderful. To me, education is a cornerstone of progress and then empowerment. It's a, it um, keeps individuals with the necessary skills to excel in life. We started with 22 students and currently we are 890. Our estimation is to get to 1,000 and we are planning to add more programs. There are great needs around this campus. Dorm rooms designed for four young ladies are housing eight to 10 women. There is no central cafeteria where students can meet and eat together. Classrooms that should have no higher census than 35 to 40 students have three to five times that number. You have an opportunity to make a big difference in one of these areas. If we want to meet standards of uh, accreditation board, then we need to have more classrooms. And that is why we, we, we thought it wise to also seek for help. We have an issue with overcrowding here. And then if there is something that can be done about it, I think it will be a necessity for us. One main reason for establishing the school is to help students and then help them to get a brighter future. And the aim is to give them a conducive environment to enhance learning. The leadership of the Adventist Midwifery School has a great vision. They've already completed 15% of the school block that will be built with your 13th Sabbath offering. Students are already meeting in these rooms and this building will be completed to a third floor and an entire three-story block at that end as well. Your 13th Sabbath offering this quarter will make a huge difference in preparing the medical missionaries for the future here in Ghana. It's quite surprising how every time when we ask for help, people come in to assist. We thank all those watching us and then I know what we are, what we are being interviewed for is going to yield a positive fruit. And I pray that God will bless each and everyone out there. Thank you for giving this um, 13 Sabbath offering to the nursing training college over here so that the work of God over there can be promoted and we can train people for the glory of God. This 13th Sabbath, growing the kingdom by supporting the Adventist youth in the medical missionary work, the entering wedge of the Three Angels' message, is your privilege. Will you give? Will you pray? 
what will you do? These young women will be empowered to share the healing ministry of Jesus, the practical gospel, with your prayerful support. From the Media Missionaries of Network 7 Media Center in West Central Africa's Northern Ghanaian region, this is Mission Sunlight. Christopher, that's our program for today. Uh, let's have a word of prayer as we wrap up this program. Sounds good. Dearly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to look at these stories and see how you are leading so many people around the world Amen. to serve you um, and to bring your kingdom's uh, return sooner. I pray that you will be with those that we have seen with their feet on the ground uh, doing the work. And I also pray that you'll uh, touch our hearts so that we can look and see where you're calling us to serve you as well. Uh, thank you for this time that we've had and bless us as we move forward. In your name, amen. Thank you, Jordan. As we think about those who are watching and listening, whether you're hearing or seeing the program's Mission Sunlight Chat, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for just being a part of our audience. We also want to thank you for praying for us. We want to thank you for visiting us at missionsunlight.org. We want to thank you for sharing the program in whatever way you're interacting. If you're just consuming or if you're sharing, however it is of value to you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you, and we especially appreciate your prayers. That is all today from our studios in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I'm Christopher Beeson, Jordan Wagner, my co-host today. This is Mission Sunlight Chat. Mm -hmm.